Actually, if you don't mind. Well. Well, I am recording now. Oh, all right. <laughs> but, but did you want to get a blanket or a pillow for her or something? Oh, I was going to grab her brush. Oh, and give her a little brush. Mm -hmm. We could, we we can record while maneuvering to get you your brush. Ooh, okay. Let's do it. We're we're picking up the mics and we're picking up the phone and we're maneuvering our bodies. And then I pick up the brush. There we go. There's the brush. This is for Yoshi, her cat. Mm-hmm. It's quite adorable in here, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're recording in your little studio bedroom. It, there's not a kitchen, right? No, no kitchen. Just I coffee. Go, just coffee. That's good. That's, that's all you need. That's all I need. That's, that's <laughs> what I survive on. Um, no, I remember being like um, in our senior year of high school. Uh -huh. And uh, I, it was a lot of work because I was, I was behind. And so I was studying all the time and everything. And that's when I started drinking coffee and caffeine and stuff. And my mom was would get upset because she doesn't she doesn't you know it's not good for us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but uh i'd be like uh, i'm on five hours of sleep so i'm gonna drink a cup of coffee <laughs> and she still wasn't she wasn't about it but well, it happened so and now here that's I am. true i don't I still drink coffee your mom drinks coffee though right oh yeah yeah well no lately she's been doing tea and stuff she's been trying to she's been trying to phase it out for years okay um, but that's, uh, now, now why does she think, or you thing. think it's unhealthy? Well, caffeine in general isn't healthy for us. I mean, it stunts our growth as we grow up. And I sure, think that, kids, was the, sure. that was one of her concerns was that, you know, here I am an 18 year old drinking coffee. It's mm -hmm. not good. And honestly, people who don't drink caffeine don't need it. It's the same thing with a lot of like drugs or like cigarettes or whatever. If you never smoke you never need it to calm down it's, right it's you get that just dependency. addiction yeah 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 well and definitely you can notice i can notice if i stop coffee for a day or two i am a little more ir irritable a little bit <clears throat> less peppy yeah and then and then it, it definitely feels like these days that it's very i'm not gonna have a poop and that means that i'm not a happy <laughs> camper <laughs> uh yeah, no, uh, that part I don't. I don't need coffee for that. Thank goodness. See, so, like you can wake up and you could go without coffee. I mean, I can, I can go yeah. without coffee. You can. I okay. can, and I can have a. I can have a fairly pleasant day. I just really like coffee. Yeah. So I like the taste it of it. Good. It smells good. It tastes good. I've got my Nespresso machine. Those I've got are so my good. milk foamer, and oh, I've got a yes. latte every morning. Oh hell yeah! And it's fantastic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, and you have all this artwork up in this. Is this all your artwork? Most of it. Like that little thing up there, and this pink one's not mine, but that's mine. Mm -hmm. The faces over there are mine. I used to be fairly good all the paintings over there are mine nice. but um it's one of those if you use it or lose it things i've been trying to get back into um uh, drawing is a lot harder than it used to be oh so it's like a, it's not like just jumping on a bicycle i'm sure that if i put in enough hours mm -hmm. i would i would get back to that same level um, but I mean, when I was making all of these, I was, I was doing art for, 
uh, twice a week, probably three hours at a time or whatever. Wow. And you were um, doing models, right? You were going sketching models, like live. Yeah, uh, I did a few classes where I sketched live models, and that was a lot of fun. I used to have some of those up, but we had I had some leaks in here, and some of the artwork got ruined. Oh, bummer. Yeah, it was a super bummer. And then um, I was really into it. My um, I, a few years ago, I wanted to get back into drawing live models. So mm. I asked my friend Angel, you know Angel, yeah, yeah. Um, to pose for me. And it was really funny because she texted me, or she answered me, and she said, "I only do nude model. I only only pose in the nude." She was joking, and I was just <laughs> like, "No, that's that's what that's I'm asking." That's what you want. <laughs> And it was cool. Like, I think three or four times I went over to her house. And now she's got those up on uh, her wall. Her wall, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Uh -huh. That's was, so cool. It was a lot of fun, but uh, we didn't keep up with it. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, she actually made that over there, if you see on the top, um, the embroidery. Oh, that? Yeah. yeah. So that's called embroidery? Yeah, that's embroidery right there. She does more cross-stitch embroidery than, um, that's not cross-stitch, she prefers cross-stitch, but... Uh, and cross-stitch is so that you can get, like, write words and stuff? Yeah, those, yeah, that's what you use to write words, and those are X's and stuff. Mm. I, I do more embroidery than she does, but, um, she does the cross-stitch, which I don't have the patience for. Oh, it, it's more tedious? Uh, to me, it feels like that. To her, I'll bet it doesn't. Sure. But I'm I'm not sure. It's um it's a similar thing with like crocheting, which is the yarn thing with the with the stick and the hook, and that's what mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. because that's what I learned how to do first, so I'm better at it. Mm -hmm. I tr I learned how to knit as well, but that was just so slow. I I I never really picked it up as well as I picked up how to crochet. I oh, can crochet okay. anything. Wow. But um I can't knit to save my life <laughs> that's a whole world that I like don't understand that's fair you understand a lot of other worlds I know how to sew yeah and not really mm -hmm. but I can you can put a button back on maybe maybe <laughs> and I can well most of my problems are I rip the crotch on my pants oh yeah consistently so well, I know how to stitch that together okay yeah but I use floss because I need something heavy duty to hold it together. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Or if I use thread, I got to use like quadruple up to make yeah. it stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I took a theater, it was called like a theater tech class uh -huh. in like technical design class. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. And what it was all about was like, the 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 technical stuff to make a theater production aka sewing costumes oh my goodness so like a big part of the class was us like learning how to sew and use a sewing machine that and sounds like i had fun. to make like uh an apron a cooking apron or whatever was our project or whatever. do you still have it i do yeah somewhere oh gosh i don't know where but um i made it out of like checkered like deep maroon red plaid oh pattern. yeah um, yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it had like the whole little like drawstring thing so it could tighten and stuff. And, oh, that sounds yeah. real cute. Yeah. Turned out all right. I got a lot of help from the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do in the class? Got an A. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anything less was unacceptable. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a whole You've world. I've always been into theater. That I don't 
no, but can appreciate. It's always yeah. cool when it's like that person. It's like I made, I sewed you a beanie, or I knitted a beanie for you for Christmas. You're like, whoa, cool. Yeah. No, it's fun to do that, and it's also, I mean, it's time consuming, but it's uh, cost effective too, or okay. it can be if you do it right. Um, of course, you can make it not cost effective. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you can get the super nice organic yarn that costs more than its weight in gold or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Wow. No. Um, so what are you, so you haven't been doing as much art recently or, or no? Or... No, hardly at all. Um, I, I think about it, like um, I want to say maybe two weeks ago, just on a whim, I pulled up a picture of a friend of mine and just started on Instagram and just oh, okay. started like doodling it, doodling. Um, but then um, it just it wasn't working out the way I wanted it to, which uh, that's just time and practice. But I got bored and put it down and started doing a puzzle instead. Sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. Anna just finished a puzzle that she was enjoying, and I, I'd watch her. Yeah. I tried. I think I got three pieces, <laughs> and then I was like, "Wow, this is really frustrating." I'm I'm good. <laughs> but she said it was a, a difficult puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. What was the? A bunch of uh, jellyfish. Oh. Yeah. I think she mentioned it. Actually. But the whole border is all white. Uh huh. And then. The jellyfish tentacles for all three jellyfish, their heads are different colors. Uh -huh. Like when I not solid, you know, it kind yeah. of blends. But They're but the tentacles are all the same color. So you just have a lot of white pieces for the edge, mm -hmm. and then like a lot of the same colored like te tentacle pieces. And the shapes are really unconventional, weird puzzle shapes. It's not like your standard like dog bone like rectangular puzzle pieces. Like really like messed up. Uh huh. Every piece is different like no piece can match with another piece like that it's, sounds it's, like a lot of fun it was hard it was really hard <laughs> i mean she did all of it but <laughs> it was hard watching her i i tried helping her like on my lunch break for 30 minutes and i didn't get a single piece and i was like wow this requires like another level of patience that i don't have yeah. peace <laughs> uh yeah no i would don't think i would describe you as patient in general you yeah. are a lot of things though like you're a go-getter you you um you're full of energy you like to do a lot of things you like to have a lot of irons in the fire and it's really impressive to watch and to see you be so successful and stuff but no i don't think i would have ever in our, our in the many years we've known each other described you as patient no no unfortunately yeah. I think patience is a good quality. It's a good quality, but it does it's not it's not the best quality. I don't know if there is a well, best quality. I think patience depending on what you're doing, patience is obviously a good quality for you and being a teacher. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's also different. Like I go into work and I've got teacher mode on and I've got patience mode on. And, um, at the beginning when I was first trying to teach in, in quarantine, um, uh, that was a little, that was a little rough to, to, to maintain that. But, um, but now it's, it, we've hit a good stride and stuff. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, teacher mode is, is different. Like I, I, um, I walk into school and the word poop doesn't escape my lips. I walk out of school and I curse like a like uh, like a sailor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mhm. Mm oh, so you really you turn that switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Um, so you're doing puzzles. Mm-hmm. You're taking a break from art. Mm-hmm. You're watching shows. You're teaching. Mm-hmm. You help out with your brother's uh, yeah. son. I love helping out with Faith. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I get to take him to school. That's a little moment we have together when things start reopening and he starts being able to talk more, and so we can he, we can have a little bit of back and forth conversation, and I can be like, hey, listen, you know, I need you to stay by me, or I need you to do this, or I need you to do that, and he can understand and respond a little bit better. Right. I'm really looking forward to making stops on the way home, you know. Okay. Um, stopping for sushi, stopping for frozen yogurt. Oh, that'd be fun. And like just having little little time, just him and me, uh, days. Cause I, I I loved hanging out with my aunts growing up, and so I wanna I wanna do that for him as well. That'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. I wanted to do it as soon as school started, and I think I kind of used COVID and quarantine as an excuse. Sure. To 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 delay it a little bit. But it's mostly just that I'm like, yeah, if I took you to get frozen yogurt, you'd be running all over the place. <laughs> and I just got off work and I'm tired. So uh, maybe maybe we'll wait a few more months before yeah. we start doing that. <laughs> yeah. you, know what? you already had a full work day. You don't need more work day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also I'm I'm taking I'm taking two classes right now online. Cool. Mm hmm. What, what classes? Uh, child development classes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Is that to add to any like additional certification or? Well, no. Uh, I've I've got my certification. I got it years ago. Um, but now I I want to get my degree. I wanna oh, I cool. wanna finally finish that. So I've started. I actually started last semester. I picked a great time to start. <laughs> <laughs> last semester, I was just like, oh, I'll take one class. Um, and then COVID happened, and that class went online. And I was just like, oh, boy. Because I don't do well with online learning. And I'm an adult, so you can imagine how it is for the kids. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I have noticed for my allergies are picking up. Oh, yeah, cat. I forgot. But it, I, it's really pleasant in here. I'm just like trying to keep the sniffling. We can go outside if you want to. I was just worried about the planes. No, no, it's all good. Um, my at least my kids, I've been doing like the exercise classes for them for, mm-hmm. instead of aerial, and obviously they want to do aerial. They can't yeah, do that's aerial. The fun part. That's the point. But they really um, pay attention, like because they can't. They're not sitting next to each other, so they can't, like, whisper in each other's ears or, like, mm. poke each other or goof so around. So you're the only one they have to focus They're on. They're just, like, their attention's just on me. Mm-hmm. They're on mute. They're just watching me, uh-huh. and they just try to copy. The challenge is I can't correct them as easily because they have to right. do you it can't. through the camera. But they're paying so much more attention mm-hmm. that they're duplicating better than they normally do. Interesting. Yeah, because I'll, like, try to teach them a new way new exercise that's not been my experience by or like, the way <laughs> here okay we're gonna work on handstands and uh-huh. i'll say i'll and i'll watch them do handstands on the screen and i'll say cool okay you all could work on spreading your fingertips and pushing through your shoulders more and hollow out and look at me and i'll do it and then i watch them and then they'll try it again mm-hmm. and like night and day an improvement will occur <clears> and it's <throat> over video and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. It's because they're actually paying attention. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I and I was stayed in Colorado for three weeks, 
and Ryan's daughter Coco had just started virtual learning. Yeah, I don't think it was going well. But <laughs> but what I, I did hear when the teacher was talking, she was listening. Like, mm-hmm. You can't talk to your friends and stuff, you know, like yeah. during the class. You can't be passing uh, love notes or, you know, like you can't goof. It's harder to but goof off. But at the same time, I mean, I do feel like it's different for um, an, uh, um, an extracurricular like um, aerial or, or whatever. And obviously it sucks that the kids can't actually <clears throat> do aerial. They've got to, it's, it's exercise instead. But um during the big part of school, as as much as the education is the social, it's oh, the yeah. emotional, it's the getting that time with the friends, it's the fighting with friends and learning how to manage that, how to deal with that, how to deal with disappointment and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and you learn it more from peers than you do from adults. Like adults can model it and it it, it is a big influence, obviously. Um, parents are huge influence you see how your parents model their behavior and you model after that but you also learn so much from peers i mean um it 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 shows in every you know second child they start speaking earlier they start walking earlier they start doing all these things earlier because they've got a kid that's only a few years older than them oh, wow. it's showing them it's modeling the behavior um, and that's like verified by studies and stuff like that yeah actually the theory the theorist um child psychologist well I, i'm not sure what exactly you call it but vygotsky is a huge proponent of um his theory of uh child development is called scaffolding uh-huh. um <coughs> and that's where parents and peers model behavior and then once it enters into a, there's a zone of proximal development yeah. where um, you're not quite there and somebody is way beyond you but in the middle there once you once you reach that zone of proximal development you can model somebody else's behavior and you learn that way wow yeah and so it's very important you i mean you hear all the time oh this kid or that kid was raised around adults they're an old soul they're this or that but there's almost something missing there because you need the the other kids around you and i feel like that's the i I don't as a teacher you know i care about education but i care more about the what this the social development yeah what this whole thing is doing to our social development which is a big part of how we learn academically as well. Right. It's all mixed together, just like, you know, music is mixed with math. You learn music as a kid, and math is easier because you're learning to keep rhythm, you're learning to keep time, you're, you're learning about patterns, and this is all stuff that comes in from math. So if right. you've got that foundation, then you're good. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that the social development as a kid is also just so important in terms of like the the friendship dynamics because the stakes are way lower when you're a kid. Like as a kid, you they get still feel. really upset. They and like don't you, feel they lower. don't feel lower, mm-hmm. but you do realize I'm glad I learned that like that as a kid because if I had like learned that as an adult, I'd have no friends, no girlfriend, like, you yes. know. Yeah. Yes, it's such a big deal. Um, and also, people don't realize this because we also, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this too. I'll say all the time, I, I wish that, 
you know, not having a ball or whatever was my big, was my biggest problem. I've got to, I've got to figure out how, how much I'm paying in taxes this year. <laughs> um, but uh, we also, we don't realize it because it's so long ago and it's colored by some, by all these different experiences. But childhood is the most stressful time of your life. You can have a stressed out adulthood, but childhood is the most stressful part of your life. You don't know anything. Everything is new. Right. You're constantly having to learn, and it's, and it's constantly exhausting. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of my patience as a teacher comes in because this is new. I can have I can have reminded you thirty times that your lunchbox goes inside your cubby, not on the floor next to your cubby. But then I have to remind myself they're learning. It's just going to be another reminder. Right. Hey, get your lunchbox, put it inside your cubby. Thank you. And, and it's just like building that pattern behavior. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And eventually they put their, cu- their, 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 their lunchbox inside their cubby. And sometimes you have to do more than just reminding them. But even then, you make it into a game. It, the, the problem is when you get into punishment, when you get into, God damn it, I told you to put your lunchbox right. in your cubby a thousand times. Why can't you just put it in your cubby or whatever? Right. That <clears throat> creates a negative impact that that creates um it creates a fear of you it creates uh, it doesn't inspire responsibility for your um belongings it just it just inspires a desire to not get yelled at right that's interesting so like that makes me think that a lot of our healthy patterns you could say are shaped by us when we're children and then, but if you didn't build one of those healthy patterns and you have to cultivate it as an adult, well, either you don't have it and then whoever you end up marrying starts really nagging you and give you a hard time about it. And mm-hmm. you like just, oh, I just keep seeming to forgetting, but it's because mm-hmm. you haven't had a patient teacher tell you it 30 times to build that pattern. Well, so then yeah. you have to decide, I want to cultivate this pattern and you have to consciously remind yourself That's every day thing. until you create that pattern. That's the big thing. If the if uh, what's the adult equivalent? If you never put your if you walk into the house and instead of putting your book bag away, you throw it on the on the couch. Right. And your significant other's just like, "Dude, can you hang that up? Can you put it in the closet? Can you put it away?" And then they start getting frustrated with you. It's is it as long as it's their thing and it doesn't bother you, it's going to be hard for you to remember because it's not important to you. Yeah. To you, uh, to them it is, and you can understand that. But until it's important to you, it's that that's not something that's going to stick, and it's going to come out in other ways too. Even if you do start remembering to put your book bag away, you're not going to put the milk back in the fridge, or you're going to you're going to keep leaving stuff around the house until it's important for you to be organized until right. you get sick of being disorganized or whatever. Um, of course, it's, 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 it's an easier road as an adult if you did learn it as a kid. Right, right. And that makes me think of things like, like for me, laundry was just something that was taken care of for me. Mm-hmm. And then when I came into adulthood, I was like, well, I always seem to manage to find someone or somebody <laughs> to do my laundry for me. But first, I, I had to start putting my clothes away mm-hmm. and, like, fold. And, like, that was a hard 
skill that I, I searched on YouTube of like how to fold my clothes. Oh my <laughs> and like, and then I think somebody showed me, but I do a really bad job at it. I do a really good job at folding my clothes. Wow. I do the Marie Kondo style. Oh, see, I tried. I didn't actually. I know everyone watched that show, mm-hmm. and I think I charred over the first episode. I was like, "This is not for me." That's fair. <laughs> I turned it off. That's but fair. I probably should watch it. No, nah, it's okay. It's if it's not for you, it's not for you. I I hate it when people force themselves to do something that they don't really want to do, you know. But oftentimes, or, those are the things that we need the most. You know? Yeah, it can be hard to tell the difference too. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Who cares about how well your clothes are folded? Sure. I care about how well my clothes are folded because I get a sense. I've I've got two baskets underneath my bed. Right. That have everything folded in a way where I just pull out the basket and I can see everything. That's cool. I don't have to dig through anything, and I like that. And also, it inspired me to do the other Marie Kondo thing, which is to get rid of everything that wasn't bringing me joy. So now all the clothes in there are clothes that I'm excited to, to wear, wear and that inspires me to then fold them correctly and, and keep them nice and neat. And, and, and be able to see all them all at once. You can see them all and you go, these all make me excited, but I see that one and that's the one I want to wear today. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess I live a pretty boring life. I get excited about laundry no. and puzzles and stuff. This is cool. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's, these are great like little lifestyle habits you know that yeah because really makes me feel more more like an adult and and life is really just a day-to-day like lifestyle thing yeah and like you determine you build the life you want yeah yeah like an average day what uh, us hanging out playing board games on a friday night is not an average day no so you have to build a good average day and it involves these little things like folding and seeing the nice clothes you want to wear for that day yeah you know yeah. Oh, but I I remember those those um late teenage, early twenties years where playing games and stuff was was a big part of my day almost every day and it was well, I guess not almost every day, almost almost but every, every weekend, weekend. Every Friday, Saturday night, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was be so much fun. I don't think you ever really um played in the same campaigns that I played in, but um Sean wouldn't get off work till midnight. God. <laughs> and so then he and then he'd head over to Dylan's house in Pasadena or um, Altadena, and we'd already have been there chilling for a while. And then he showed up, and we'd start the game, and uh, we'd stop playing when we noticed the sun coming up, oh and God. that's when we'd go home. And it was so much fun. Wow. It, it was. It, you know how you look back on on moments, and you're like, wow, that was a moment. Yeah. That was especially fun because I, in the moment, I was like, this is a moment. Every weekend, this is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think those were, that was one of the times where I really appreciated it in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you do now to try to build more of those moments? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I try to actually just be practice gratitude and be more mindful of the moments that I have rather than trying to manufacture something. Just sure. look at what I have, what I want, 
and then um, try to just every day, well, uh, not every day, but um, every so often, try to just take another step towards that, like learning how to, how I, folding laundry could make me happy, because I, I was never good at folding laundry either, Sure. putting it away. Um, in fact, I've got a basket that needs to be put away right there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but finding a way that may, having laundry makes me happy makes that a moment that I like, even though it's simple and it's just me. Yeah. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, but you've been, I mean, I would say back then you weren't rock climbing, but now you enjoy rock climbing, I right? I love rock climbing. You got me into rock climbing. Was it really me that got you into rock climbing? Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you and Gio had started hanging out yeah. again, and he was into rock climbing, and you were getting into rock climbing. And my first time rock climbing was um, when you and Gio said, let's go to Stony Point. And we brought along Sean um, we, and, and Cheyenne, and Sean was really nervous because, you know, Cheyenne knows what she's doing when it comes to rock climbing. Oh, that's right. And they were kind of just started dating. Yeah. So he was like, okay. And, and they brought, um, Cheyenne's dad, Chris. Right. And, um, Sean was just like, okay, so I've got to impress my girlfriend and I've got to impress her dad, the... who is an OG <laughs> climber, yeah. you know, a minor celebrity in the climbing world. Um, featured in, 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 in books and, and, uh, I mean, he established some of the routes in Stony. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to his stomping grounds and Sean was really nervous about it. And then there was this weird six foot something guy that showed up with a giant beard and he <laughs> looked like he had just emerged from the woods and it, he actually had, cause he had just finished hiking the PCT for the second time. Jesus. Um, and that's the story of how I met one of my very closest friends, JT. JT, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was a And we fun have a picture from that day. day, yeah. We were all together. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun day. Yeah. I think um, somebody was on somebody else's shoulders even, I think. Kalinda was there. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. was dating Kalinda. And I think Kalinda was on my shoulders. Or yeah, something. I forgot yeah. she was there. She yeah. killed it. I was so jealous. <laughs> well, being flexible helps. It does. I, I've gotten into yoga because, not not heavily, but I've gotten into yoga because cli because of climbing. Sure. And it does make me a better climber. Yeah. And then um, it used to be a joke where JT would be like, put your foot right there where your head is. <laughs> like, thanks, dude. Okay. Shh. And then um, now I put my foot where my head is. Where your is. head is. Hell yeah. yeah. It's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, before uh, COVID happened and the gyms shut down, I was um, I was starting to be able to climb 11 A's Whoa. and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I was eyeing a few 11 B's. I didn't finish any of those routes, but I I had started climbing them. Right. Um, and <coughs> now I, I know that I couldn't climb them if I <laughs> if, if I went to a gym tomorrow. But it would only take me a few weeks, I think, to sure to, build to get back, back up. Yeah. Um, because that is, you know, muscle memory and stuff. I'd need to rebuild my calluses and sure. strength and everything. But strength. I think I could yeah. do that. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What have you been doing to, have you been trying to stay in shape or fit during this yeah, time? Yeah, I've got my step climber over there. When I think about it, and I've got the energy, so maybe once or twice a month. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> That's I, consistent. I do that for about an hour and just put on TV and, sure. and, and make myself go for an hour. And then I, I do yoga and it's just 20, 30 minute free things on YouTube or whatever. Sure. Yep. Um, I'm not doing as much as I really would like to be doing to stay in shape. Yeah. Um, and at this point, my game plan is cross my fingers and hope that um, a vaccine comes out in the next sure. in the next little <laughs> while, and then everything can go back to normal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how realistic that is. <sighs> so nothing nothing too strength oriented to keep the the rock climbing strength, you know, like pull ups or. Well, I've got my hangboard up there. Oh, you do have a hangboard there. Oh, yeah. cool. So you can so hang I'll, that and I'll stuff. I'll do that every once in a while, but I don't really count that as. Um, it's not like I have a routine that I do. I just kind of play around on it. Sure. So, um, I wouldn't really count that. It's too. You, sh- you should count it. All right. Well then, there's if also you did it every day, that I don't for do it ten every minutes. Day. Yeah. And you do not just pull ups, but like leg lifts or like knee lifts, because like rock climbing, oftentimes you have to hang and then lift your leg up really high to onto something, and it's all abdominal leg strength. Yes. Yeah, all that stuff. It's a nice yeah. full body exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like and it keeps serious me lean workout. when I'm doing it, because because uh, you know before COVID, I was we were going at least twice a week. We tried to do three times a week, but sure. we minimum did twice a week. Right. And that kept me lean. That kept me really. Honestly, rock climbing you were like got shredded. me to enjoy my body for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I never thought that I was like ugly or anything, but eh, I, I average at best. And then I started rock climbing and I was just like, oh my goodness, I can wear crop tops now. <laughs> and then I started wearing crop tops all the time and I never want to stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I remember just, I was like, oh, Miranda looks great. Yeah. 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 No, it's a fun. It's a fun feeling to just feel great. And, and isn't stuff. that cool? And then that it, it didn't take that much either. No, it's twice it really a week didn't. of some intense exercise. Yeah. And that's all you really need. Like a, a healthy body is just. People don't need to do it every day. You just mm-hmm. do twice or three times a week of some arduous exercise, and you look great. Yeah. yeah. For most people. For yeah. most people, and and it also depends on where you start too. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you I was eat, starting you eat in pretty a, healthy. I yeah, I eat pretty healthy, and I've got you know good portion control. I'm real. I'm one of those people that's really good at um, if I am full, I don't care how much or how little's left on my plate. You I'm stop. done. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Um, which I know that uh, I've, I know a few people who struggle with that. You mean your brother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sean, Sean has a hard time with that, but um, he's he's working on it and stuff. Um, but glutton. <laughs> well, he's well, a chef. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, I am. I am too. <laughs> That's why I have to work out every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for a while, I would get really. I I I I now. In hindsight, attribute that to being on birth control at the time. But okay. if I overate even a little bit, I would. It was. It was. It was horrible. I. I would be bloated. I would wow. be. I would have stomach pains. I would. I would be uncomfortable for a couple of hours. Wow. And then, and that really taught me, like, okay, if I'm not hungry, I'm not eating. You're not eating. Yeah, and that's that's not to say that I starve myself or anything sure. like that. I eat, I eat healthy, um, and I eat pasta and I eat 
hamburgers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I keep um, seeing that Velcro thing and thinking it's a bug and freaking uh -oh. out and then <laughs> looking at it. From the the recording string, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, you mentioned the birth control. Uh, did you notice, or like, are, are you still on it? No. No. Well, I'm not dating anyone. Sure. Like, and when we say birth control, we mean the pill. Yeah, right? the pill. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, did you notice any change in mood and stuff, like when you stopped taking it, and or like <sighs> when you started taking it? Well, um, not really. Well, that's a that's a difficult thing to say. Um, not really when I started taking it. Sure. Um, when I stopped taking it, there, there was a period of time where I lost it. I, 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 I had three months worth and then, and I started the first month and then I finished it and I was looking for the second month and I couldn't find it. I just, I misplaced the packs. Huh. And so I was trying to find it before, you know, my week grace period was up, couldn't find it, tried to get more. And they said, uh, no, that's your prescription. Like, we can't just give you more. And, which was odd. But, um, then, so I was just like, okay, well, you know what? I've wanted to try this other one anyways. So I'll, I'll just wait a month and switch to that one. Yeah. Um, and so there, I was more emotional during that time, but I was also going through what I didn't realize at the time was a breakup. Okay. Um, and, uh, that was a really toxic relationship and we were fighting a lot. So I was more emotional. How much of that was, you know, my ex being, you know, pretty much a dick. And how much of that was my hormones raging? I don't know. Sure. Um, yeah. But, but <clears throat> like you said, so have you not been on it since that breakup? No. You haven't? Mm-mm. But you feel fine. Oh, I feel great. Yeah. 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 I mean, Anna definitely had, she had the arm implant. Yeah. But it would release, um, it's not, it, it releases a, a drug, right? Yes. So, but it was a, it's a five, five or ten year. I, I think, think five. they have a ten year, but I think she had the five year one. Mm. And when we started dating, we were about six months into dating and it was expiring, so she would have to get a new one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, you don't have to, I mean, maybe don't get a five-year if you feel like you need to get a one-year or something <laughs> or whatever. And then but ultimately decided, <laughs> or ultimately decide just not to get it, and we would just use other birth control uh, measures. Mm -hmm. And... It was interesting because by taking it out, <clears throat> she'd been on that for five years. Mm -hmm. And then coming off of it, there was six months of, like, serious, like, emotional mood swing from coming off of it. Six months? Probably about six, three, maybe three months, six, hard to say. Wow. And until, like, I guess she had, like, readapted her hormone levels, and then she felt great. Okay. Um... And then, yeah, she hasn't used anything like that since, but... 
I wonder she if that's just uh, your body's reliance on that I think because it was hormone. so long. Yeah, she was yeah. on it for so long. I mean, I was only on the pill for a little over a year. Oh, not that long. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. there's some people that will be on it for 10 years, and then when they go off, they'll notice like a serious... Uh, it'll take a while for their body to get back to equilibrium again. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a, the what what you said reminded me of a particularly nasty fight that um, my ex and I had. One where I that that kind of started because I said I'm not happy and I want to break up, and he said, you know, you've been go you've been kind of detoxing from the birth control. Maybe it's maybe it's that. Oh, he was saying it like it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just blaming it on that. Yeah, yeah, know. he was. Very kindly and sweetly turning the blame <clears throat> back on me. Yeah, when... to, as the source of the argument creation or whatever. Yeah. Yes, Yeah. and we didn't break up that time. Do you know how we broke up? No, I, well, I, may, I don't think, tell me. Um, I had, I, I, well, Sean had made the offer a few times, but I took him up on it and uh, he drove me to my ex's apartment uh-huh. and walked in with me and he didn't say anything he just stood behind me as like uh this is happening oh wow um you're not you're not changing your mind you're not going to let him talk you out of it this is happening because that was that was after two two times two that attempts. i tried to break up with him and both times just that the, those the, conversations the ended up with me apologizing and and um and, and Swearing that I would change and prove myself because now wow. you know I've he he's he's got to live with the uncertainty. I could wake up and break up with him on a whim tomorrow, and now I've got to prove that I'm dedicated like he is. <clears throat> oh man. Mhm. Oh man. Yeah. No, it wasn't a healthy relationship. Wow. Yeah. But uh, one of the things about that was it really showed me how much support I had around me I mean my mom was there for me she was she was buying uh, she was she was researching and recommending books and reading and listening to books on her own about um, narcissism and toxic um, relationships and 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 stuff like that Um, and uh, my brother was was always there for me to talk to and he you know he he played a big part in the breakup and then um, when uh, I decided okay Sean's gonna drive me I called up um, like three or four friends and said hey I'm breaking up with him um, at 6 can you be to my house by 7.30 and they came and we had a party and like a party where I cried a lot sure yeah yeah (laughs) Um, I might have chain smoked um, but uh, it was it was a good it was it was a it was a good cathartic experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, glad that you got out of that. Oh, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? Um, it was um, it was a year and a half ago. No, no, it was two no. years ago. Two years ago. That's it? Just two years ago? Yeah. I mean, well, the relationship itself was a little was over a six... year. Um, and it took me probably longer to get over the breakup than it did the than, than I actually spent in the relationship. Oh, this was this was not the long six-year relationship you were in. I was never in a six-year relationship. Okay, who's the guy we're talking about here? We're talking about Patrick. Patrick. Mm-hmm. 
but the the long relationship that the longest relationship you had that was what well, I was, was thinking two, of. That was two two and a half years. That's it. Yeah. With the with the bassist. Uh, guitarist. Guitarist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a rhythm guitarist, right? Yes. Yes. That was not six years. That was not six Why years. Why in my that head did I think it was years. six years? I don't know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because it was so long ago. I mean, that itself was uh, that, 20, maybe, it was, was 10 years ago. Oh, that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why in my head it was like it was that long ago. Yeah. So Patrick was the most recent one. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that was a really toxic one. Yeah. Really I was. met Patrick. You I don't met know why Patrick, I and everyone liked picture. Patrick. We rock climbed with him. Right? Oh, it's coming back. No, to he me. never. He never rock climbed. He never rock climbed. Okay. No. Okay. I tried to get him to go, um, and oh, he, he had he some issues with interested. you climbing with JT. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a little Lego. Yeah, he felt like um, it's it's actually kind of funny because JT and I have always been platonic. Sure. Um, uh, but um. Uh, it's it's funny because JT had an ex that thought that he that and he I was. were 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 messing around, and then um, and then Patrick was a bit like, you know, you how how you spend all your time with this with this guy Got like, it. how can I trust you? Yeah, sure. Um, and um, and then and then he did that thing where it was just like it's. I trust you. It's just him that I don't trust, or whatever. And it was just like, <clears throat> but that's just not the relationship that I have with JT. Yeah, and, yeah. And and he's a close friend of mine. He knows a lot of my secrets and stuff. There's just that's that, and that's what it is. What would you think about? Because, like a hundred percent, you and JT is platonic. There's nothing for mm. Patrick to be concerned about, or nothing about JT's ex that she had to be concerned about. But mm-hmm. And I had a conversation about once you're married mm-hmm. and you're with the love of your life, you know, or whatever, and you 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 plan to spend most of your time with this person and, mm-hmm. and spend a lot of quality time with them. And they're kind of they should be, in my opinion, like almost like your best friend, kind of an extent. But you yeah. also love each other. And Anna and I talked about how it would be probably hard for us if I had like a Sean, but it was a girl that I like to hang out with a lot. See, It'd be it hard was, for her. If it was the way you act with Sean and it was a girl, I could see that. Right. And also, well, like, and, and, and not sexual. It's just like, I'm just, this is my best friend is this girl. And I love to go play board games with this girl. And I love to go do all these things with this yeah, girl. Yeah, but you've and also like, literally hard. crawled into Sean's bed on many occasions. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and oftentimes so, a best friendship can get like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like dynamics have to change as your relationship with your significant cha- significant other right. changes. Because he was only your like, boyfriend. He, right. So yes. it's like, relax, dude. Well, also like, okay, so when we were in our 20s and stuff, or we are in our 20s. I've, I'm already we're like, like I'm into 30. the 30s, yeah. <laughs> um, but when 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 we were so like 10 years ago, nine, eight years ago, when we were you know 21, 22, or whatever, and we were going out and we were all staying in each other's places or whatever, I feel like, um, and and my experience might be different because I was a little bit of one of the I was in the minority being a girl. Sure. But 
honestly, I always got a bed, and usually one of my guy friends was in it with me. Sure. Um, at least one. And, you know, nothing ever happened or whatever, but if I were dating a guy who just casually spent the night in the same bed as another girl, I'd be concerned. Sure. So, um, I'm, and as certain uh, members of our guy friends um, did get girlfriends, I wouldn't do that with them. Anymore. And it's not right. like... It's it's not like anything w- could have happened if they had been single or whatever. It was just that it became inappropriate. Sure. And when I, I, I've never been married, but I got to feel like if you get married or when you get married, that changes again. It changes more. It, there, there, there are more clear lines. Boundaries. Yeah, boundaries, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, that's my only thought of that, that maybe... Obviously, Patrick sounds like he was getting a bit possessive, but yeah. it's like it's like well, he's going I mean, into married mode when hold up, dude, you're not married yet, you know? Yeah, no, Patrick was on another level. I mean, I remember I, I was trying to convince him that I wasn't cheating on him, and and at that time I wasn't hanging out with anyone. And every night my routine was okay. I finish work at the time. I finished work at five thirty. Then I drive home. Um, uh, he'd get off work at about six and he'd call me. Um, and then I would get my, I, I'd be on the phone with him as I dro- drove home, tried to make myself some dinner. I might, I'm ending the night at his place, but I'm, I'm at my place. I'm packing out an overnight bag. I'm dropping off laundry that I need to do. I'm maybe throwing a load in. I get to Patrick's house at around seven, seven thirty. I'm on the phone with him for probably an hour of that. Wow. Um, and he once told me, well, you know, you leave work at 5.30, you get to my place at 7.30, two hours of unaccounted for time every day. Oh That's a lot. It adds up. God. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Insecure, Dude. right? Whoa. And I'm not saying I was perfect in that relationship. I, I was not. I was far from perfect. I definitely engaged him where I shouldn't have engaged him. I definitely let him walk all over me when I should have just and let myself be miserable sure to make him happy and I and so I wouldn't take it back I wouldn't take the relationship back because it's really taught me what not to do yeah yeah um and right after the relationship started I or ended I wished I had a time machine not so that I could change that it ended but just so I could go back and be with him again or whatever and now I'm like oh thank god it's over like I'm I'm completely over it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about it a lot, but more in a point of view of um, how I've grown from it. Sure. Um, so that was only a little, almost two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was a little over two years ago. We um, we broke up late summer. I want to say late summer, early fall. Sure. And now, and now you've just been dating. Well, not in COVID. I went out on one date in COVID. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, we decided to get ice cream. And then I, I got there and I realized, oh, my God, this is a total, like, I, what am I doing? We were yelling at each other through masks and we couldn't <laughs> hear each other. And it was like, what, what, what? We'd gone to get ice cream. But then once I had the ice cream, there's no place to sit. So we were walking down the busy road. I didn't want to take off my mask to eat the ice cream. Oh, there's traffic, so it's there's hard to hear. traffic. And I I just got home, and I deleted all the dating apps. And I said, <laughs> you know, 
I'm I'm happy the way I am right now. So I I'm just gonna wait. Sure. And you know what? If if marriage isn't in the cards for me, then that's cool. I don't care. Well, um, you have plenty of time. It's not like. Uh, well, um, you know. for for having a family, starting a family, I have less time. Menopause runs pretty early in my family. Oh, oh, does it? Yeah, and my my mom keeps telling me that you know I I have no idea, and she's right. I don't know if it'll be the same for me. I sure. could take after my dad's side. I have no idea. I've also gotten no idea of their history with menopause or anything like that. But on my mom's side, it I I don't know exactly when it starts, but I know that um, two or three of them were like fully mid-menopause by their early 40s. Okay. So I figure by 35 is when I want to start trying to have a kid. Um, and, and that's when my window is actually going right. to start closing. And right. I know people say 35 is when your window starts closing and that's a myth or whatever. But for me, I think it might be true. So sure. that's when I want to start doing that. And I've really come to the conclusion that I'm, I'm so happy with my life that if someone else came into it and wanted to have a baby with me, I'd consider it, but I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to start trying to have a baby at 35, you know? Oh, like you're saying you'll just start trying to have it like yeah. independent of being married necessarily. Yeah. And and I feel like that actually makes it more difficult to get married because I'm like, uh What cuz now you have a kid. That make me yeah. feel that or well, even now before I have a kid, I'm giving myself 6 years to do this. Which well, is a lot of time. It's a lot like of a lot time. Can change in six years. And a lot can change in six years. But let's say I went out on a date tomorrow, really like the guy, we get to know each other, and a few months down the road I say, well, listen, in six years, whether you're in the picture or not, I'm having a kid. What, like, what would his reaction be? Probably not great. Like, that's not a great feeling that I'm imparting on someone. Yeah, well, but you're not forcing it upon them. No, but I'm I'm more saying that they're, they're a little bit irrelevant. And I no, don't think that that's no. a kind... I don't I, think that's... I think, I think it's actually really... F- yes, you're right. It might freak out some guys, but then they're stupid. Because especially if you're just like very clear and upfront, like you just give the facts, which is you mm-hmm. like just you gave me. So facts are menopause runs early in my family. I want to have a child. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that you know it'd be great if I had a partner and that is in on that with me and wants to do that, but I'm not saying that has to be you. Mm-hmm. And I probably shouldn't break this up in like <laughs> month one. But let's say you're like four months into dating. Mm-hmm. This can be a conversation you say to them, and then you're like, and, you know, six years from now, I'm going to want to try to have a kid. And it doesn't even, and for me, it's like, that's just something I want to do, mm-hmm. and I can do it with modern technology mm-hmm. on my own if I have to. Ideally, it'd be that I have a partner, but if I don't, I can still do it. So, but I'm just letting you know, you know, if we want to keep dating, I have a long-term vision. Now, mm-hmm. I suppose you could still, like, yeah and then it kind of gives that person opportunity and really what you're asking is hey do you do you foresee wanting to ha- have a family one day that, that's really the question <laughs> yeah no six years is is a one day yeah question, I think. It, it, well it can be i mean okay you date somebody for a couple of years then you spend a year engaged and planning and a wedding pregnant. and then right. immediately get pregnant well, yeah well for me i don't know 
see is scarier to have a kid with someone else than it is to own. have a kid on my own and i think that's where you know my parents divorce play is, divorces play into it that that fear a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah where Cause um, it makes things more complicated than it would be yes i mean i uh, growing up i had a great relationship with my mom and my brother we were this tight-knit unit and it was us against the world not real not not in a combative sense but we were there to support each other 100 percent. and um oh my god i loved my dad i was a daddy's girl but he played a little bit less into that support system and i know now as an adult looking back he made things a little bit more difficult on Um, my mother right and then um, then my stepfathers they and and my stepmom and stuff they played their own roles in it and stuff but they were really wild cards thrown into this thing and I don't know I would have so in order to have a kid with someone I would want to know them thoroughly sure for many years before I set out on that venture with them I right I'm tending more towards you know just it's easier to do it on my own I don't know yeah yeah um with the support system that I have and Sean and Cheyenne and and my mom and and all that and then you have a good support system uh, that I've got you a fantastic support yeah. system yeah. and I could pull it off I have no doubt about that I want and, and and also I do want to meet someone and go about it the traditional route sure I just want to be certain. Right. That they're going to be a good fit. Yes. And that they're stable. So know. then that goes into, okay, date for a few years, be engaged for a while before you get married, and then be married for a while before you have kids, and then that's my window. I'd have to meet someone tomorrow, you sure. know? But, I, you know... And unless he appear uh, materializes in my room tomorrow and can read my mind and... <laughs> I don't freak out that there's a mysterious that, that that a man appeared in my room out of nowhere <laughs> and tried to call the cops on him. Um, unless that happens, I don't. I just I, I feel like the chances of it are slim. Sure. I mean, I do think that you could cut some of those processes out, and that like you have the the engagement time frame and then the married time frame. And in my head, really, what you're saying is. You want to be able to have lived with the person for a while. And and then once you've lived with them for a while and, like, share finances and, like, you know, share a lot of responsibilities together, you kind of start to see more and more what this type of person is. Yes. And you just spend, basically just spend every waking moment together as much as possible. So, like, with Anne and I, we dated for six months and then she moved in. Yes. And we were spending, but we're only six months dating. But... She, we're living together, doing everything together, trying to start a business together, like literally mm-hmm. everything together. And that was but so fantastic. Two years go too. by, and then we get engaged, and then, or maybe what, a year and a half went by, get engaged, and then within the year, get married. So like, but the whole time, the whole dating phase, we're still, it's it was essentially like we were married, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, so how long ago did you guys get engaged? Oh boy, I'm working on... Memories here. Because uh, Patrick and I were together the night you guys got engaged. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been married for over a year now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because we got married in May. So has it been three years since Patrick and I broke up? 
So we've been married for a year. When we got engaged, God, was it was a full then. year and a half because we got engaged New Year's. Mm-hmm. And then a full year so then and Patrick to and I broke, broke up probably about eight months after that. Eight, nine months after that. Yeah, it's been it's been basically three years since we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And you guys probably broke up a few months after that. So two, Almost two and a half years probably for you. Yeah. Since Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was about three years now back to when we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And then I think we were had been dating, oh, about two years by the time we got engaged, actually, now that I think about it. Because... Mm-hmm. We had started dating January, like mm-hmm. first, January second yeah. or something like that, was when oh, we had our so first cool. date. We were talking over Christmas time or whatever. I re- yeah, because I remember we went out to see um, the Lonely Heartstring Band. Yes. And we went out to dinner with uh, Maddie afterwards. Yep. And uh, that was our second you, date. Yeah. And you had brought Anna, and it was like your second date, and I was just like, oh, this chick is cool. <laughs> I liked her from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's cool. She's so friendly. Super friendly. Yes. yes, and engaged, and I loved her. Yeah, she's a really good listener, mm-hmm. really engaged, but she can only do it. But she's an introvert, so it she'll run out of. Uh, as I, my conversation earlier today with Kent was emotional tokens. You only have a certain number of emotional <laughs> tokens, and then once you're out, you're like. <laughs> bedtime <laughs> yeah recharge time yeah. yeah no i'm i'm introverted too i need a lot of time at home um that's and my mom is super extroverted that was something that we had to like real recognize in ourselves and be able to figure out a way to navigate well wow. and uh because and that's not to say that I don't go out or whatever. I enjoy going out. I enjoy seeing my friends. I enjoy and when it's Thanksgiving, yeah, I want to go to my mom. I want to I want to do my family thing. Obviously, that's sure. a given. But then I've got my kind of I've got my family that's um, chosen my friend family that I I like to do something with them every year. <clears throat> and then um, my mom would want me to go. We usually do a morning thing for th- for Thanksgiving, and then my mom's got will will have another one lined up, and she'll want me to go to that one too. And I'll be like, well, I've also got my friends giving, so then I try to make three of them work. Oh man! And it's and it's so many interactions, <laughs> and oh my goodness! And then I'm fried. Yeah. And then my mom will be like, well, you know, we've got Friday off. Why don't we do something? And then I'm, and then I know I don't want to hurt her feelings by saying no. So um, I force so myself yes. to go yeah. or whatever. Now I don't do that. Now I'll be like, mom, I know ahead of time that I'm going to be drained on Friday. Right. I I know that. So I'm I. How about? You keep me informed of what you're doing, and if I wake up on Friday and I feel super energetic, I'll come join you. I promise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but I, I'm not going to commit to it or whatever. And that's and that's beautiful. That's been uh, something that works for us, and she's become more understanding of that too. And uh, and, but also I've just been able to communicate it a little bit better. Better. Um, I mean, communication is key. It's pretty key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but felt. I think sometimes as you're going through your 20s, mm-hmm. 
yes, communication is key, but you're also struggling to find yourself and understanding your own boundaries and your own desires and wants. And like, like you said, it's like a bit of a process of going through a bad relationship and having some of these Thanksgiving episodes where you have three lined up that mm-hmm. like you eventually go, oh, I need to like stop over promising. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this isn't working. Something needs to change. Yeah, like I'm causing upsets. So maybe mm-hmm. I can not cause an upset by just not promising I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. saying, you know, hey, I need some alone time for myself. Mm-hmm. Hope you can understand. Yeah. And being okay if someone doesn't understand. Yeah. But I mean, if they don't understand, you say, I'm sorry. sorry. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It's what's happening. You don't have to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a big thing with Anna and I, too, because she's similar in that way and that she'll also overpromise, mm-hmm. and then she'll feel crappy or, you know, she'll take it out on me sometimes, mm-hmm. but but oftentimes I'm the one that roped her into doing <laughs> this thing. So it's a you know. snap punching so, bag. So it's fair that she's, you know, <laughs> taking it out on me. And mainly because she felt pressured because I said, well, my friends are here. Blah, blah, blah. And now it's just very agreed. Like, she's at home alone right now. Mm-hmm. And she's super happy. And mm-hmm. she's happy for me to be here. Going to be playing board games late. And she's like, can you go sleep in the other room when you come home so you don't wake me up? And like, actually, she didn't ask me to do that tonight because she made the bed, the guest bed, because we're picking up her friend from the airport tomorrow. So maybe I shouldn't sleep in the guest bed because she just set the sheets. All right. I like that you're yeah. you're you're navigating. Because I could imagine if I did go use the guest bed and she wakes up and like it's got my musk all over it, mm-hmm. she's gonna be upset. Yeah. So there you go. I will try not to wake her up when I pull into the bed. You hear tonight. that, Anna? That's right. But uh, yeah, she. And and and, and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be in the beginning, if I was gonna go hang with my friends, I wanted her to be there with me, so I like would guilt her. Like, oh. for not wanting to go. I'm like, these are my friends. I love being with these people. And I love you. And I want to share this memory and experience. How could you not want to come with me? And, right. like, and I unknowingly am well, guilt tripping the shit out of her. it's coming from a of ignorance. It's right. coming from just not understanding that her. viewpoint. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and just realizing. Because now that I've gone through enough of those where I go, oh, she's, like, there's generally like being introverted in this way is a different like personality that this will backfire on me if I make her do this mm-hmm. because then like her emotional tokens are all gone and then it's like she's in a bad place so it's like I can now and and through her help like understand like no no this is better it's actually better and then plus get to miss each other a little bit you know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Heart, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Mhm. So the same goes for you and your mom, probably. You know, it's like good. Yeah. Like have a Friday and like. Mhm. She'll miss you more. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um. We went out last weekend. It was lovely. We went to a place called Redbird. Yeah. It was delicious. Ooh. Yeah. I actually got to have brunch two times last weekend. Wow. Yeah, I went out for brunch uh, with my aunt on Saturday and with my mom on Sunday. Lucky you. Lucky me. Good food both times. Wow. And good company, good conversation. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mom, as you know, is one of five. And then um, 
um, oh gosh, it's yeah, so which weird aunt? to think how how long you've known us, Aunt Michelle. Okay. And so Aunt Michelle's got Chaz and Wesley, um, two boys, and uh, she always wanted a third. She wanted a girl. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, it just it it wasn't in the cards for them, and um, which was even it was okay because my family had all boys. I was the only girl for a uh, long time. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, two girls, three girls popped up. That's right, mm-hmm. Danelle, right? Yeah. Yeah, one from each. Well, not to, oh, Monique so Danelle, too. Monique, and Marcy. And Marcy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they each had a girl, and my mom had me. And so Michelle went from you know having boys, because that's okay, we all have boys, to I'm the only one without a daughter, without a daughter. and I really wanted one. And I thought about it recently, and I was just like. I'm going to start making dates with Aunt Michelle and, like, you know, <laughs> building that relationship more. And she sure. could be my fashionista mommy. Because <laughs> she's, she's all about She's, she's all, all about, about that. that. Yeah. And she really should have had a girl. Yeah. She, she should have had She would have liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Dress her up. And There's too much like masculine energy in that house. A little bit. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I I love my family. I love how close. I, I wish we were cl- as close as we were growing up. Growing up, sure. But I love that those memories just feel so warm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever come over to like my grandma and grandpa's? A few. You came over to my dad's a bunch of times. Not that many times, actually. Really? I only came to your dad's like maybe three times tops. Mm-hmm. Maybe four times. Not that many times. And then. Obviously, I'd been over to you know, Mel, Mel's oh, place yeah. a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Been over Second to Michelle's son. place plenty of times. Uh, but usually, like the th- big family Thanksgiving or Christmas times, I don't think I ever came to those. Right, because you do have family in town and right. stuff like that. And I don't think it was until after like you guys had your own like smaller Thanksgiving or Christmas that was like, oh, just like... We've never had a small Thanksgiving or Christmas. Well, Everyone I, I still comes over. I mean, no, but I came time. over to the most recent Thanksgiving at my mom's house. At your mom's oh, house. Oh, that one we did in stages, I think. Because um, well, I'm trying to remember Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, not the most recent Thanksgiving because I had Thanksgiving in Michigan. This most recent one, right? But two years ago at the at the Encino or. At the Woodland, Hills. the Woodland Hills house. Yeah. yeah. And so was, that one was done in stages where part of the family came. There was different groups of family part, And then they left. Or, or they, and they overlapped Lapped. and stuff. Yeah. But, but it wasn't the full force. So yeah, that was a bit smaller, but more prolonged. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, that was the one that you you were there, but then you left and then you came back. I think because... or. Were you there the whole time? I forget. But I think that was the one where you had three Thanksgivings that you were going Probably. to. Probably. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one also where um, uh, Shannon and Marshall invited me over for late Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, at uh, at their old place. Um, I think it was that year. It might have been earlier. But... Um, um, I, I felt so bad because it was the day after Thanksgiving. It was, and, and I should have, I should have known I would be burnt out. But um, I really, I was really touched that she had invited me. Sure. Um, well, that they had invited me, and I really wanted to go, and so I went. But I was just burnt out, 
and I, I, I did end up leaving a little early and then a few months later she she and I were chatting and I, I, I think I brought it up or she brought it up or one of us brought it up and I was just like oh by the way I meant to apologize for that that was that was just my fourth Thanksgiving in three days or something like that um, and she was like oh she thought that one of like her something... family members had like offended me and uh... I left and I felt so bad about that and she'd been carrying it around for months and for me it was something insignificant yeah like yeah. leaving uh leaving your book bag on the couch or whatever sure and for her it was a big thing and I felt so bad wow. but but we talked it out and we, we handled it sure sure mm -hmm. yeah they're great yeah yeah yeah, they're they're really nice, really fun. Anna and I had like they invited us over one time, and we did like a little dinner game night, just the four of us, and it was fun. It was super fun. Yeah, and I'm really bad about inviting people over to our place. I've like, noticed. Well, happily, like I haven't seen your place yet. I know. Well, and well, it's been just a mess because we got it the house in December. Mm-hmm. Also, this COVID, you don't want a bunch that, of people that was the walking thing. through the yeah. house. We yeah, got, we got, but then, like, I was busy moving stuff in and just trying to get the house looking nice, and then as soon as, like, we were getting through February, and it was like, okay, we think it's, like, in a shape that we can maybe, like, have a little housewarming party, <laughs> yeah. then COVID happens. We're like, oh, God. And then, so now it's like, I've only had, like, one or two people come over at a time, but I haven't been able to, like have like 10 to 20 people come over for like a barbecue and like yeah i i want to do that and have a but, covid ending housewarming party yeah and i mean i was trying to i'm talking to Anna, trying to convince her maybe like we can do just like in the backyard like just outdoor and then nothing inside the house but people are going to want to use the bathroom well that's what i said we just keep we just outside. let one person can use the like go into the house to use the restroom but then like but we stay outside and i have a big backyard and mm -hmm. most my house is small so it's it's mostly about the backyard yeah and the inside is mostly about the fridge and the mm -hmm. bathroom you know and like the coffee machine right right there's not it's quite a small house um i mean it's it's a thousand square feet but since it's three bedroom and one and a half bath there's not much communal space left mm -hmm. of that square footage because like there's no dining room it's just kitchen and living room yeah and the living room's not even that big the big the biggest is the kitchen probably mm -hmm. then the living room and then bedrooms right yeah yeah it's a play it's it's a home it's just but... like a little starter home thing yeah yeah nothing um no grand about it Big backyards, the way to go, though. Yeah, but that's like our social space. Yeah. You know? Speaking from experience. Yeah, you guys got a great backyard here too. Yeah. 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 Um, and Sean's just really killed it by making that bar. It's, it's yeah, just so cool. Super cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's and a plan. It's funny yeah, to yeah. see um how much we've changed, like. My life is nothing like I imagined it when we were in, like, elementary or whatever. Oh. Like, not even a little bit. You know, I thought I'd be... Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it from a place of disappointment or yeah. anything. I love yeah. my life. But um, I just thought that... I, I just had this picture in my head. I, you know, I'd be... By, by the time I was 29, oh, I'd have four kids. I'd be married. I'd have... You know, I'd be, I, I, I wasn't ever really sure what I would be, but I don't think I ever thought I'd be a teacher. Sure. Um, 
and I don't know I, I never thought I'd be into rock climbing or whatever like that just wasn't on my radar and my life is just so different like I pictured basically my head on my mom's body like that's that's just what I pictured oh wow growing up yeah and and not only is that not how my life turned out but my mom's a completely different person now than she used to be too sure um what about for you how do you feel like how things turned out well not not how do you feel but like does it ever surprise you like just does it strike you because it strikes me sometimes i'll just be yeah doing something and go oh my gosh this is my life all right cool <laughs> yeah i mean definitely i mean i can i guess i can pinpoint when the shifts happen when the changes of thought happen and i was like oh i learned about this which cost caused this cascade of decisions mm-hmm. and led me to this. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, middle school Nick would, like, not... Well, first of all, probably because, like I said, I'm a very ambitious person. Mm-hmm. Middle school Nick would look at current Nick and go, you fucking loser. <laughs> you pathetic little bitch. This is all he you've would. done. He would judge the shit out of me. Because middle school Nick was so ambitious. Like, middle school Nick thought, like, he would invent, like, some new spaceship that would, like, <laughs> like be like Elon Musk, you know, or, like, level type of dude. And, like, I truly thought to myself, like, I'm going to, like, change the world. Uh-huh. And I, I also think our school program kind of made us feel that way. It kind mm-hmm. of programmed us a little bit to feel like, it we was could change very the world. Empowering in a very pressuring it, way. Yeah, it was very empowering that like that when you hit your t- early twenties, you felt very underwhelmed, and you were like, "Oh, You're I had right? a false premonition of like my capabilities." I guess like yeah. they it was very empowering, but also set like a false pretense of what I was capable of, and then mm-hmm. and then I had to like deprogram and realize, "Oh wait, I'm an idiot and a moron," mm-hmm. and if I actually want to be good at something I need to like invest a lot of time into something and get proficient at it you know and it's not that they didn't teach us that but no I mean they made us feel like we already knew everything um, I guess was you know the first barrier to learning is thinking that you already know everything sure yeah Yeah. but uh, yeah at the same time it it, it they made you feel like you could change the world it's a dichotomy was dichotomy the right word Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you because you're right that they did iterate like the first barriers to like just to know that like mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it. Yeah. But it also empowered you to make you feel like you could do anything. And I and I don't necessarily. I still feel that that I if I want set my mind on anything, I could do almost anything. I think the difference is now I recognize like what my weaknesses are, mm-hmm. and that there are some things that probably no matter amount of time I put into it, I couldn't make money from it or like be successful at it. Like right. there's yes. certain things you can make money at and then mm-hmm. other like and the rest of it it's hobbies is my opinion. You know? Yeah. And also to have a, to have success, there's also a certain amount of luck which I don't think our school ever Right place, right time. Yeah. And I don't think they ever acknowledged that. Um and also graduating from, from high school and stuff, looking back I wouldn't have called myself at the time, but I know for me, I was I was a very judgmental person. Oh yeah. Very kind and sweet, and I'll, I was I'll too. help you. But I but also I was 
judgmental. Um, somebody could be very successful, and I'd go, oh, but they could have been more successful if they had yeah. just done it this other way. We were hypercritical because yeah. we did all these things that were like about analyzing things and making mm-hmm. things the more efficient. Courses yeah, and being and the critical statistics of things. And the, yeah. Which I don't think, you know, they're fine skills. Oh, they're but great But they made skills. us hyper judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were all, we were also reinforced, I think it was reinforced by the teachers. It was reinforced by my mom. It was reinforced by the environment that we were living in that was just like, normal kids don't get this education. Yeah, like we were elite. Yes. Yes, we felt, it felt very elite. Yes. Yeah. It was like that rich boarding school preppy, like, like Which I'm not saying that because I was not rich. <laughs> right, we weren't, but it was like, but the the vibe made us feel like I remember when they said like the secretary of education for Bush's oh, administration yeah. was coming for a tour to consider implementing our methods for mm-hmm. the you know public school system, and it was all like we all had to be on our best behavior, and it was like, but we were so proud like, ooh, they're gonna oh, the gosh. whole world will be based on us because we're so elite, you I know. Was a goody two shoes in high school. Yeah. And I was always tagging along after you guys, I feel like, which is funny because I'm a year older. Sure. But I, um, I don't know. Sean was always so confident and stuff, and I always struggled with insecurity a little bit more, or at least I felt like I struggled with with it more. Um, and I, I just remember like loving hanging out with you guys. In, in wishing that I played video games more. Sure, because so we talked about it so much. Because you guys talked about it so much. But, um, so I, I felt a little bit like, you know, the outsider looking in and stuff, but my close girlfriends, like I'd get close to someone and then they'd move away. Sure. Or, uh, or whatever. And so, but you guys were always we consistent. And um, I'm really, I was really flattered when you asked me to, to interview. Because yeah. I'm like... Oh yay! I'm definitely one of the group. It's that old high school like insecurity. Am I really a part of the group, or are sure. they just tolerating me? Sure. Like insecurity that comes out, even though I know, I know that we're friends. I know that yeah. that. But you're right in that that it's, we you know, um. It's like. I think, I think what's tough for me. And I think this is the case for most people. In general, we have like maybe three, two, two to three like close friends. Mm-hmm. I, and I would argue when you're single, it maybe increases to like five. Yeah. I, I've always found when I was single, I'm a lot more social with my friends I, because I have more time. So I invest yeah. more time with my friends. Uh, and then when I'm in a relationship, okay, my relationship takes a lot more time. It's so now prioritized. it's the the amount of time I can allocate to friends shrinks and then therefore I then prioritize it to like the three friends or the two friends or like Mm -hmm. these days it really seems like I'm with Anna and then if because Anna really enjoys the couple environment that we have with Sean and Cheyenne and Sean and I are best friends it's like that's Mm -hmm. what we're going to spend the most time on yeah even and it's not that I don't love or care about all my other friends but it's like if we have some time that we're like, hey, let's, and then COVID makes things more com- oh complex. Oh my God, that, it makes everything yeah. more complicated. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, I definitely think pre-COVID, I made it more of an effort to like host some 
parties at the Arrow House and like oh yeah, I mean you hosted a ton of um a ton of things like uh the Game of Game Thrones Game of Thrones and a New Year's where you proposed to yeah and uh Friendsgiving. I fell I fell off the past couple of years mainly because I was so focused on trying to buy a house Mm -hmm. that was really buckling down on saving money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, sometimes hosting those things, I, I feel obligated to get some food and some drinks. And because I'm just like ruthlessly cutting because I was saving so aggressively, like mm-hmm. really aggressively, in my head it was like, I'm happy to go hang out with my friends, but like I can't be hosting anything. Like I'm. Are you comfortable I'm, in that chair? Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. I just like to fidget and move right. around. Dancer part of me just can't <laughs> sit still. Anna's the same way. Yeah. She When she works at her desk, she like squatty potties on the chair. Like that's I her way. I do that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's her comfy computer position. Yeah. Um, until my feet fall asleep, then I got to stand up. Yeah. But, but then as soon as they're, if the feeling's back, I'm right back to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good position. Yeah. For sure. It just feels good. Just feels good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... I, I, I do always feel guilty about leaving out people. And I think Sean feels that way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... What I do think, though, is that everyone's been able to become more independent in organizing their own group social times. Yes. I guess, like, in our early 20s, it, I, don't, I think I and Sean felt a pressure of, like, we're the two dudes that organize these friend stuff yeah and if we're not organizing it then there isn't any friend stuff happening and we're just like on our own and partially that has to do with people's like introverted versus extroverted like their personalities yeah or do they still live with their parents or sure whatever I mean once uh, all those guys I they never hosted anything until they got their own until place they got their own place and now they host all the time yeah and that's true that's an empowering thing too like once you have your own space or that or a space that you feel comfortable being able to host in. Yeah, you know. now I gotta drive out to Pasadena every once in a while, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's but actually it's so chill of them because they drive out here all the time. I yeah. really shouldn't complain. No, but I think it's I. That's the one thing I love about hosting is that people come to you. <laughs> yes. But you are burdened with like having to host and clean mm-hmm. up and like. But I think the 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 flip side is like yeah, well everyone gets to come to me. Cool. Yeah. You know, so, and I think it's been great that you you by proxy get to like host with Sean here and yeah, people. Yeah, but I've come also hosted a bunch of my own stuff. You too. have, yeah. Like the Halloween party every year and yep. stuff. And I mean, um, I wanted to start really doing it a lot more, um, but last year we did this one game night that was so much fun, and I think you were there. We yeah. had like. 30 people over and we had three different games going at one time and it was you might have left a little early but like going until 1am or something we still had a ton of people over hell yeah I think I remember hearing about that night and stuff like that like it was it was a good night and I wanted to do more of those um but yeah I don't know why I I think it's just a timing thing yeah I, I get busy and then also I need my recharging time. Yeah. So I feel like there there can be less opportunity for me to throw the parties, but I do. But I have thrown a good party here and there. Yeah. I mean, you're throwing parties for kids all the time. Yeah, that's different. That's that's apples and oranges. 
No. Oh my goodness. Sometimes they'll say, do you guys want to go on a field trip? And they'll go, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's go. They all line up. And then we go to the office and I get the thing that I printed off of the printer and I say, okay, let's go back. And they're like, okay, cool. They think it's so fun. And I'm like, you're nine. You shouldn't think this is fun anymore. (laughs) But I'm going to keep that. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is funny having, like, different age kids mm-hmm. around each other. And you have, like, the older kids. Yeah. But if there's only, like, two older kids but a bunch of younger kids, the older kids will kind of, like, adapt to younger kid humor. Mm-hmm. And then flip side, if there's a lot of older kids, then the younger kids will kind of, like, adapt to being older, mm-hmm. you know? But it, it's it's interesting when they do that. It is. It is. It's <clears throat> it's the dynamics, too. and And also it depends on how you're raised and stuff. Um, I've got this one student right now that is, um, I mean, she's a bright, talented, lovely young woman, but she does the little rumor thing and the little uh. talking about other kids. And, and, and she's sweet. She's a sweet girl. And I can see when I'm talking to her that she understands like the effect she's creating but she just doesn't think about it in the moment. Yeah. She's just she's kind of annoyed with this person. She's she's gonna pull their mutual friend aside, and talk some shit. N- and talk some shit. But mostly just say, hey, this other person and I are playing. You're not invited. This is just between us. Oh. Uh... Um. You know what it is? Is she likes to have a connection that is just you and her. Yeah. And then she feels a little jealous about that. So I just mm. wonder what, because that's that that comes from somewhere. somewhere. That doesn't come out of a vacuum. Sure. So I just I'm curious what that is. Yeah. It just made me it just made me think about it the dynamics because it's it's really funny. You think the older kids because I've I've got a mixed age classroom. Yeah. You think that that would be something that's more older kid behavior, but she's not one of the oldest kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. She's not one of the youngest kids either. She's right in the middle. Yeah. Um, but uh, elementary is a weird, it's a, it's a trip, man. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're, they're under, the kids are understanding more social nuances, mm-hmm. but they don't understand them enough, entirely. Mm. So they're testing them out. And yeah, they're, yeah. they're seeing, okay, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? When it's fun to have that con- some control. Once you discover yeah. a mechanism and you're like, and then you just tap into that mechanism a lot. Even yeah. if it's, you know, an unhealthy one. And then it's, it's tough to navigate as a teacher because, yeah, okay, it might be an unhealthy dynamic, but it's one that they need to experience. To learn, yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to learn it. Yeah. Otherwise, if, if I kept them in a bubble, then they're going out into the real world and... Oh, they're gonna, that bubble's going to be burst. I don't yeah. want that. No, I, I need them to have this interaction. And that goes back to COVID and social distance learning sure. and stuff. And all these kids that are missing out on that because inter- interacting through your, with your friends on uh, Facebook kids, on, um, uh, on Zoom. With the messenger. On, and all on that. messenger. It's not the same. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. I, I was actually curious to ask you, so since you plan to potentially have a kid within the next six years Mm -hmm. are there ways that you'll raise your kid differently 
than your mom did or or like have you had your own thoughts on this yeah i've definitely had my own thoughts on this and here's the thing i think at the core i would raise my kids very similarly to how my mom raised me sure she did a fantastic job yeah 100 percent. it's more about the environment also my viewpoints on certain things are different than hers just on um just i i think society's viewpoints have shifted sure so that is the main thing that i think i would do differently than her mm. very little else like um like uh, I I heard her interview with you, uh-huh. and she talked a little bit about like, uh, and I remember the day she's talking about. Um, I was hanging out with um, Sammy, and mom came to pick me up, and I we had gone shopping, and I had bought a, I had bought a skirt, and yes, it was quite short. Short. Um, I had and also those little short a, skirts were like a thing back then. They were. They were they like were. the in thing. It, and it was very short. And um, I, I felt pretty in it. And mom did have a conversation with me. And I think that I would have a similar conversation with her about boys and why and this and that. But I think I would also go into, um, also it's okay to try on different looks. And it's okay to, because I was, I, I grew, I was quite uncomfortable in my body sure and and then you put on something that made you feel good but then your mom was saying that was wrong yeah and not not necessarily that it was wrong she didn't come up to me and be like you know that was wrong she she had a conversation about um you know why am i dressed like that well you know i want boys to look at me and stuff okay well what kind of boys are going to look at you and i think that's a totally valid conversation to have although to be fair back then in those days to say what kind of boys, like, you're not talking about grown men here. You're talking about middle school boys. Yeah. And, yes, all middle school boys are going to look, I don't care if you're good or bad, like, half of us might grow up to be really good husbands and half might become shitty, but in middle school, we're all going to look at the girl with the short skirt. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's a win if you want to wear it and you want to get looks. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not going to be... Well, that's yeah. the thing. I think our society's viewpoint has shifted on that a bit, whereas, uh, you know, even, even you know, 15 years ago or however long ago it was, um, if if you were a girl getting looks, that was on you to, to fix it. Sure. Um, and I think if, if, if when, when I have my go-around, if I have a girl, it, I would... Well, if I have a girl or a boy, I'm going to encourage them to try different styles, to wear what makes them feel good, while having conversations about, okay, this person told me, you know, this person thought it was okay to grab my ass or something like that. Sure. That's not okay. But also, it's not on your outfit. Or because of the way I was dressed, somebody thought that I would be easy or whatever. Sure. Like, having those conversations... And more empower. Now it's easier said than done. It's, yeah. In theory, this is fine. In <laughs> practice, I doubt it's going to go smoothly. Sure. But um, having those conversations where I could empower my daughter to dress the way she be wants, be more con- yeah. confident and dress in a short skirt if she wants to wear a short skirt. Not be not because it's going to 
attract a guy and she just wants a guy to look at her um, and, and think she's pretty. Yeah. Wear a short skirt because you look in the mirror and you go, damn, I'm pretty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That being said, when I wore, when, when I had that conversation with my mom, I'm trying to remember now. I, I, I could not remember. I, I, I will not remember. Did she ask me, are you wearing that because boys will look at you or did I volunteer that? Probably I volunteered that and that's not a good reason to dress a certain way. That's not a good reason to dye your hair blonde. That's not a good reason to look a certain way. Sure. To, it's so that you can attract the attention of someone else. Right. But that's not the only reason why you might wear a short right. skirt. I don't know. I mean, that's, I think that's, it's that's fair. That's an example of something that I might tweak that a little bit. That you might bit, tweak, yeah. But the core concept is still the same, I feel like. Right. I, I do think it's fair that in middle school, if I wanted to dress a certain way, now, back then I didn't care how I dressed. I dressed like nothing. I didn't have any sense of style. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, future Nick, me, might tell that Nick from back that time, like, if you, like, I think, I don't know. I think it's okay if you want to try to seek attention from the opposite sex that you're attracted to uh, mm-hmm. if you want to and if you're seeking that uh, attention but like you said it shouldn't but be a sole reason type of attention if I I was not ready to be seen as a sexual being at sure. 14 at 15 but you're going through the hormonal processes that are making you I was feel curious that way. about it right. yes yeah. so had I doesn't mean you're ready for any of that no but that you're like just like a kid in daycare is testing those boundaries and kind of mm-hmm. feeling things out. That's all you were doing. You're testing out, and I, I think it's fair for a kid to let a kid have that experience and mm-hmm. let your daughter or son like get a bunch of looks. And even if one boy, like, I don't think I, I can't imagine in middle school if a girl was wearing a short skirt, if any of us. Would go slap that girl in the butt, like right. No, I don't think that would no, no, ever no. happen. Yeah. So, I think that's not a valid point. But but who knows? Maybe I it think could slapping happen. somebody on the butt was a bad. It was a bad um, example. It was more like okay, let's say I'm wearing. I'm I'm 14 years old. I'm wearing the short skirt, and a boy. I, I'm at the mall, and a boy asks me out or whatever. And then we go out on a date, and I wear the short skirt again or whatever. Is he going to try to pressure me into sex? Well, I'm I'm 14. Or, or not even sex, but just pressure me into kissing, kissing him. or something. Or yeah. something that I'm not comfortable in doing. Sure. I'm 14. Um, I'm not in a place where I'm comfortable saying no. Um, or or maybe, maybe I would be comfortable saying no. I don't know. I don't have a time machine, and I didn't start dating until right. I was 18. Right. But, um, because I grew up with you guys, and that would have been weird. Um, no, but I think just like a kid at daycare is testing the boundaries, at some point, you have to learn as a woman to have the ability to say no. That's true. And the question is, when do you go through that process of learning it? Do you learn it at 22? Do you learn it at 18? And, like, in my head, I think at 14, 
as long as it's not some sort of crazy older creeper. If it's a 14-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy, that's a pretty good time to learn that experience where that's if a 14-year-old boy comes on a little aggressive, the most he's coming on aggressive is trying to put his tongue in your mouth. And you really think of the scope of it, things? That's not a really big deal. That's and I'd rather point. a 14-year-old, my 14-year-old daughter learn how to say no then than her not to have any kind of encounter. And then she's 18, now a boy's trying to take a dick at her, and she's having a hard time <laughs> saying no. You know, I'd rather the French tongue issue than the dick thing, you know? That's so funny, because I've actually said something similar for a long time. Not, not the sex thing, but um, just dating. Because I did have my awkward middle school and high school dating phase. I just had it in my 20s. Right. Everyone has to go through it. Yeah. And, and I and I do wish that I had experienced that in, when, when it was would have been a little less embarrassing in, in high school. Because right. that's when everyone's learning Everyone's how to, getting embarrassed. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Everyone's got acne. Everyone doesn't know how to kiss. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, yeah. Yeah. It's a awkward time, you know, and so, uh, and if part of the process is as a guy, I'm taking my shirt off to show my abs off, you know, or a girl's wearing a short skirt because she's mm-hmm. trying to get some attention. Like, I think it's just part of like that process, that learning process. And I'm sure as a dad, it can be a little tough or as a protective mom, it's like a little bit like, don't dress that productive way. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. get... You know, like, yeah, I do agree. Like, I don't think there should be any 18-year-old boys creeping on a 14-year-old. Oh, that's like, gosh. this is gross. And that you know? happens. But it happens, which is unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know. That was the one thing that I remember in middle school being really frustrated. Whenever there was a high school boy, like I, an older I high school I went to go- a particular example in my head. That, that's so funny that you went to the same place. Yeah. And it's just, it was so frustrated me i was like you fucking asshole stick to the girls your age you're taken from our pool but then i remember being 18 and trying to date other 18 year old girls or, or and it was the 22 year old boys were pulling from the 18 year old girls and then as you got oh, older damn. it's like this chain reaction and that's really what the loser 17 year old boys go for the 15 year old girls because they're because the creeps that can't get or or, or because the 21 year old guys in college, have poached off all the 18-year-old high school girls, and then it's just this chain reaction. You know, that's but I've always that we frustrated were me. Warned about as girls growing up. It's a valid thing to be warned about. Yeah. Um, and, and and it came in the form of uh, what's wrong with him that he can't get a girl girl his own age. Sure. Yeah, it's like, like a tell sign. You're you think that you're mature, you're special, you're different. Let me tell you, you are special, you are separate, you are mature. <laughs> but that's not why he's dating you, because he could have all of that in a woman his own age. Age, yeah. Yeah. That being said, I have dated my fair share of older guys. Right, and I have dated my fair share of younger girls. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel some guilt and shame over it to, like, I was I was that 21-year-old guy, that 22-year-old guy that was, like, frustrated that I was having a hard time being able to date and with other 22 year old girls because either they were either I wasn't good enough in their eyes or they were all seeking the 26 27 28 year old dudes mm-hmm. so then I'm like stuck like and okay I live in a city of 10 million people there probably was right. some 22 year olds <laughs> but it felt like to me there was no 22 year olds interested in me mm-hmm. but hey this 19-year-old girl, she's interested in me. Well, you know? yeah, you're you're a cool older guy, and you've got a lot going on. Right, but it was like, and I felt I felt the guilt, like, wow, I'm taking 
I'm taking this fish away from another 19-year-old guy. And I, I felt bad about it. That's such <coughs> an interesting way to look at it. Do you want to move outside? Um, We can, but I've already suffered through it for a while that, like, I can just hang in there, you know? Okay. <laughs> I also think it's cleansing, you know? I think. I the, don't think cleansing... I think, I think I, God I, gave me allergies so that I could cleanse my sinuses every once in a while. And that I'll never get brain cancer as a result, and I'll live for a long time. I don't think that's how <laughs> like, any of that works. That's what I works. tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just get a flush of my brain juices. Yeah. Why, <laughs> Thanks, don't we, why don't we head outside? Okay, we can do that. Mm-hmm. I'll pause it. We are now outside. Yeah, and now my nephew is crying right, <laughs> right there. Smoke break. Oh, I love all this ivy growing up. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. You're um, quite the gardener. <laughs> I was just going to say, I've been letting my garden go. Yeah. Um, Who's this? you got to reach to the window and push the latch down. Hey, Kenny. Hey, it's Kenny, our, the la- right. our, our last guest on That's the right. podcast. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to your episode a little a little while ago. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> oh no, he says. Oh, you guys doing it right now? Dude, yeah. we're like mid-recording. You're just like jumping in on us. Oh, sorry, guys. We we've already been going for almost two hours now. Oh okay. Has we, it been that? Oh yeah, I guess we started about hour. 6:30. Yeah, not quite two hours, but close to it. We were just inside her cute little bedroom studio. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten that Nick um has allergies. To cats. To cats. So I've yeah. just been like over here, like snotting over uh, myself. And uh, and you grew up with cats. I did. It was, Are you serious? Dude, it was the you worst. You don't remember the cats? <laughs> I had two cats. He was thrilled. No, I don't. I had a black cat and a gray cat. <laughs> Monet and, Min- and Minette. I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, they, but I think when I started bringing you guys over for like high school parties, we had already gotten rid of them by then, like later high school. And you were more acclimated to them because you were around them all the time. I just stayed out of the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just that's be true. be away from the house as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I closed my bedroom door so they couldn't yeah. go in my bedroom. But yeah. you never got used to them, right? The allergies? No. Did you ever take, like, antihistamines? Uh, my mom gave me some. None of them really seemed to work. Wow. Yeah. No, no antihistamines really do the trick for me. My sister-in-law was allergic to cats, and she stuck it out. She has two cats now. Nice. She just takes antihistamines, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you could adapt partially slash take that stuff and be manage it, you know? Yeah. Miranda. Yes. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast Thank here. Thank you for having me. It seems like our friends are over because we're going to do board games now. Yes. We're going to play Root. Root. It's yes. freaking awesome. It's Check it out. Oh, man, What's like a, you actually read a lot, so like what's like a recommendation of like a life-changing book or a couple of books that like you feel like well, I are just, solid reads for people? I just, uh, I just recommended a book to Sean that he absolutely loved. He's actually listening to it for a second time now. He just finished it and he's re- listening to it again oh, wow. and Cheyenne's listening to it. And that's Raising Lions. That's um, a parenting book, though. Raising Lions. Raising that's Lions. That's badass. Yeah. Um, so I really like that one. Um, the Gifts of Imperfections is a book that my mom recommended to me. Um, basically anything by Brene Brown, though. Dr. Brene Brown. She's the one who wrote that book. Okay. That's good. Um, uh, gifts of Imperfection. The Gifts of Imperfections. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I've got a... And then I, I, I've got 
the book that I always go to, which isn't a life-changing book, but it's called Lamb, and that's just my favorite book. Have you read it? Lamb, no. No. The Gospel According to Biff, Christ's Christ Childhood, childhood pal. pal. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, it's sacrilegious. <laughs> it's I'm, real bad. It's real bad, but I'm rolling on the ground laughing every time I read it, and it, I've read it probably five, six times. Wow. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. It's good. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, that's Christopher Moore. Okay. Oh, Christopher Moore's great. Yes. He's hilarious. And Lamb is his best book. Oh, I've read a bunch of his books. Lamb is the best one. I never read that one. Lamb is the best one. Mm. Well, he's the one who wrote Coyote Blue mm. and... He wrote A Dirty Job is another one I've read. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've read a couple of his books. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is fun. Yeah. Thanks. We should do another one in the future. We should. So we can, like, get more into it, because... Usually we have to do a three-hour one. Is this, yeah, because they break after two hours. two hours. It's at two hours that they start to break. I haven't gotten, exactly. I haven't gotten to the two-hour point <laughs> yet. I was considering to ask you, Nick, like, hey, Nick, can you cut the last, like, nope. half hour? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All well, right. thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. By the way, you can find me on Instagram at Nick Zerman and feel free to send me a message or a comment or a question or any recommendations you might have or people I should talk to or things I should talk about. Thanks again for listening and see you on the next one.